Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't like blood. It's nice to see you outside again. I know. I love it. You had this wonderful idea. I stepped into your backyard and I was surprised by the sight of these mics set out and we get to have a great, perfect, overcast, cloudy day. It's like I prepared a candlelight podcast in the middle of the day, a romantic getaway for the two of us to discuss this show in what looks like... Uh, the world is slipping into fall weather. I don't want to be too presumptuous. I'm sure there's a heat wave coming back, but no. But it feels very fallish, and it feels also very. Um, I gotta say, it fits the mood of Orca. Yeah, because it's a little foggy. Yeah, and a li- sometimes I feel a little drizzle, and it feels kind of like a sea mist. You're being splashed by Orca orcinus. <laughs> yeah, uh, if if I keep my eyes open, I'm sure I'll see a, a fin with a nick in it. <laughs> And an orca eye that winks, reflects you back, and I believe even tears up. Yes. <laughs> an orca eye can do those three things. That's Wink, right. reflect, and tear up. Well, you're listening to With Gorley and Russ. This is the easy listening at-length horror podcast where we cover franchises and horror one-offs and even go so far as to get into what probably isn't even a horror movie like this today. <laughs> <laughs> I I, well, I I think it, it's definitely capital H horror. Yeah, the horror you feel when a killer whale comes out of the water and pulls you off a boat. Yeah, the kind of like humanity horror that uh, Colonel Kurtz in Apocalypse Now is saying the horror, <laughs> just the the darkness of the soul of mankind. See, we'll justify this. Yeah, well, originally uh, uh, Apocalypse Now was supposed to end with instead of Marlon Brando saying the horror, the horror. I was going to say, the orca. The orca. <laughs> the orca. The orca orcinus. Listen, you can go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and yes. Rust, and uh, your listening pleasure that you're experiencing right now doesn't have to end here. It can live on into a, some kind of eternity. We've got full-length feature mm-hmm. commentaries. We've got mailbag episodes. We've got special episodes occasionally. we got oh. a Discord where all the trustees, that's what the uh, patron subscribers are called, are all talking and chilling. And when we go on a little bit more of a, not a long, but a little bit more of a sustained break, uh, that'll be the place where 
this show will continue on. So subscribe there. Yeah, and we'll thrive. Yeah. Um, much like a, a, a pod of dolphins, or are whales a pod? Yeah, I believe they are. Ooh, and a pod like a podcast. Oh my god! Somebody's has to, has a dolphin podcast that it's called like yeah, pod of dolphin pod. <laughs> it's not just called pod hyphen cast or I don't know. Wow. Maybe we should just uh, if if there ever is a, a, a subgenre of killer dolphin movies, then we can do a, a pod horror podcast. Yes. Do you yeah. want to play a quick game of, what is it, categories where you go one at a time naming something of a category and whoever can't is is out? So, like, dolphin sure. movies. Yes. Okay. Great. Great. All right. You, okay. Uh, uh, well, uh, a flipper. Okay. Day of the Dolphin. Um, Sequesti is me, the motion picture. I'll allow because it's got Roy Scheider and so does my, the only other one I know of. And that's 2010 where the dolphin swims up in his living room. So Scheider got so... And I don't have any more after that. Uh, so then we tied and we're done and we proved a point that there are no winners or losers, just dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> Scheider really got um, typecast with the marine biology. Uh, yeah, I never put that together. So we got he's got great white and he's got that in 2010. Uh, a dolphin. It's a dolphin in a, in a living room. Aquarium, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the the wall. There's like an outside tank that goes under the wall into the living room. So cool. Oh, man. And then, yeah, then Scheider wrapped it up with his trilogy with Sequest DSV with Darwin the Dolphin. Oh, I, I don't think I ever really watched it. It was called Darwin, huh? Yeah, I didn't watch it either. I just remember commercials and Darwin being like, what like, he, he could talk? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and his friend was um, uh, Jonathan Brandis. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, teen heartthrob. Yeah, well, the dolphin was a bit of a heartthrob too. I think for other dolphins. Oh, yeah, I mean, in the fall of '93. <laughs> You couldn't go past a magazine stand without that son of a bitch on the cover. No, Teen Porpoise magazine. That guy was everywhere. That guy. I remember. Yeah, I remember he was like, he was posed in a barn, like on a hay bale with a piece of straw in his mouth. Uh, my, um, my sister, um, I had two older sisters, and so they would get sometimes like those, like Bop or yeah. you know, Dynamite, Bananas yeah, yeah. were the other ones. Yeah. Where you'd have Teen like Beat, Teen Beat, yeah. yes, uh, Tiger Beat too. Tiger Beat, yeah. You could pull out the pages and put them up on your wall if you wanted to. You had a crush on somebody, yeah. And so, my middle sister. This was during the time of like Beverly Hills 90210, Blossom, okay. early nineties, and. Um, a lot, sometimes, like, I don't know if you felt this as a little brother. Sometimes I would do things because I felt informed by movies and TV that I had to do it as a little brother. That it was like my... Like you saw a little brother in TV act a certain way and you... Yeah, like it was my little... It was my duty to be like a little shit. Oh, okay. Give me what you got. And I pulled out like a... Inter, I was flipping through the magazine and I saw a, a picture of Joey Lawrence... And I was like, 
Joey Lawrence sucks. <laughs> and I pulled him out. I pulled it out of the magazine. And then I hung it up on my bedroom wall and like drew a target on his face and like didn't do target practice on it, but pretended I was going to. Wow. And then I remember <laughs> later my mom saying to me, it was like the most non-confrontational, non-movie, non-TV response to like what I did. My mom came up and was like, Anne told me she thinks you ripped out a page from her magazine. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she's like, she, she's not happy that you did that. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then like an hour later, I see Anne and she's like, why'd you do that? Don't do that. That's my magazine. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. I don't know why I did it. <laughs> Nothing about targeting Joey Lawrence never came into it. No, we never had to talk about our feelings about Joey Lawrence, whether I was truly pro or con. And in retrospect, I really, I think he's great. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't man. know if you watch Blossom, Gorley, if you remember. That came a little later for me, so I was yeah. definitely aware of it, and I know like kind of all the oh, catchphrases and all that stuff or whatever, but I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you were like... I'm not going to stay home on a Monday night and watch Blossom. I got some making out to do. I wish. I bet <coughs> Monday night. What year was this? 92 or 92? 90? 90 to 92 or something. Okay, like so I was first year in college, 91, so Monday night. Oh, I remember exactly what, what I was doing. Got? I had two once-a-week classes on Monday evening and night. They were each three hours long, mm. art, history, and political science, and I would just... 20 minutes into each one I was asleep because also the art history teacher would turn out the lights he had a uh. microphone he looked like Chuck Jones he was in like a suit and bow tie. <laughs> he'd be like the Cosimo de Medici the patrons of the art family and then I'd just be out and so that's I don't remember my Monday nights because I was sleeping in class that's a I mean that is so tough because Monday nights can sometimes be the sleepiest of nights that's true you're catching up on some Weekend, uh, uh, no shut eye. Yeah, theaters are dark. Restaurants are often closed. Oh boy, they want you to go to sleep. Yeah, that art professor was begging you to. He's Doctor Sleep, and it was the poli sci guy the opposite. He had like lasers, lights going, <laughs> and music thumping. <laughs> it was one half of Daft Punk talk. <laughs> poli sci. <laughs> well, that's nice because when he wears the helmet, that you don't have to have that awkward moment. You like run into him at the grocery store, so you don't even know what the professor looks like until I ran into him wearing the helmet. <laughs> oh yeah, he wears it to the Everywhere. grocery store. Yeah. Uh, well, is it uh, orca talking time? Yeah, orca talking. What do you think? What are your general impressions of orca? We had both never seen it, right? Um. That, that's right. Yeah. First timers. Um, uh, my general impression of Orca. Mine was. Uh, well, I would say I enjoyed it. The underwater footage is spectacular. Incredible, yeah. And the fake versus real whale of it all, I could hardly ever tell the tell the difference. So I was like really blown away by that. Apparently so did animal rights activists when they were trucking them in. They thought they were dead orcas on a on a truck. Oh, whoa. That's a 
compliment then when you can unless they really were just dead orcas and they're like no these are animals these are rubber no look close it's rubber <laughs> well don't look too close bye <laughs> uh, uh, so all that was good uh can't beat Richard Harris. Oh, God, I love Richard Harris. If he's just in 90 minutes of anything, yeah. I would enjoy watching it. I agree. Oh, oh, and the music is spectacular. Unbelievable, yeah. the music. Yeah, yeah. So, all that's great. But in the parts where a shark or killer whale movie is supposed to deliver, oh, my God, it fails time and time again. There wasn't one... <laughs> moment of like suspense people would just like abruptly be killed yeah but not in a jump scare way not in even a in a jump scare way editing way yeah. it was neither susp- suspense or surprise it would just sort of be like uh and, I, and it made me think of like the guy who was busting his ass under an ice sheet to re- to film a whale going under ice and he's like you know what it's gonna be all worth it because I'm making a movie that's on the level of Jaws yeah and then he watches it and he's like you guys couldn't make (laughs) edit one effective moment I bust my ass like under an ice sheet you can't show like a close up of a face a close up of the whale uh, somebody's eyes darting yeah just the primary stuff gets messed up yeah I'm with you I think as this movie started off, I really loved it. And then my uh, my interest in it definitely waned by the end. Yeah. Ultimately, I really did like it, but not because the movie was good. I, I just have never seen a movie like this. And it's not, yeah. it, like you said, it's clunkily put together. It seems lost in translation, too, in terms of what it's trying to convey. It seems more about humanity, but then it gets so absurd and ridiculous that that's out the window and... Yeah, that's so funny. It does seem to have a hard time picking what its like theme is. Yeah. Like it feels like it needs to have a theme, and then because yeah, because sometimes I'm like, this feels like finally um, with the first Earth Day was like 1970, right? Mm. So I'm like, whatever environmentalism ideas, right? ideas of humanism like and masculinity and femininity too oh yeah yeah it's all jumbled in there somewhere but yeah. not at all clear no 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 because yeah it, with charlotte rampling's character rachel she's like the person who's like has to be the holder of the themes so at some point she's like you have to go out there and kill him yeah, it made twenty minutes later. She's like, "I feel like I misled you by saying that I meant it's within you." Yeah, <laughs> that's like some Ben Kenobi, like in from a certain point of view logic. Because she also starts out the first half of the film saying, "Like, don't go out there, leave these orcas alone." Yeah, so that's the like lost in translation. It feels like yeah, like who she was got like got jammed up. And he goes and talks to a priest who's like, the sin isn't in the animal, the sin is in you. Yeah. There's all these like, oh, also the, uh, obviously, there's just such a, uh, uh, like a, a Moby Dick riff, like he's Ahab. And it did make me realize, like, it's funny that we've watched all these shark movies and none of them have really ever tried to do like the obsessed mm. Ahab, Moby Dick dick thing until until orca yeah you're like right. this is like about really 
more than any of the other shark movies, like about one man and his obsession with the thing. I mean, there's, but it's like the orca is Ahab and Richard Harris is Moby Dick. Really? This is really the orca's movie. <laughs> That's so funny. I would prefer a, a, a movie where orcas around keeping a journal talking about how he wants to kill Richard Harris. Yeah. Because also, frankly, I don't even know if this is the intention, but you're on Orca's side a hundred percent until then. Yeah. He does get a little murdery, but I don't know what they mean to say. Like for a while, it does feel like you're supposed to, obviously you're supposed to sympathize with Orca the way there's the like Viking funeral of his wife. Oh my God. And just the like (laughs) length of time with whales together while beautiful music plays like oh without a doubt they like they want you to be on the whale side and yet it's still complicated this feels to me almost like a movie like the room where you have a i don't know anything about the screenwriter but it feels to me like there's a problematic antiquated male who's like i'm gonna show him my sensitive side so it feels like a narcissist trying to show the world that I got feelings. I understand how the world works. I'm an old softy, but it's really just about, in the end, Richard Harris is just bedeviled by this orca, and you, they're, you're trying to shift your allegiance back to Richard Harris, but that doesn't quite work either. Yeah, it's, you're right. The uh, the thing of, like, um, uh, Rachel says to uh, Richard Harris, she goes, like, uh, uh you're a very sensitive man. Or something like, <laughs> yeah. You're more sensitive than I thought gave you credit for. So yeah, the idea that like Richard Harris is supposed to be both like <laughs> masculine, have a sensitive side, but you're not entirely on his side because he dies. Like you're supposed to, and I don't think that's supposed to be a, um, I mean, you can feel some like, Oh, poor, yeah. poor Captain Nolan. He got eaten by... But I don't think it's supposed to be like a... That's like why I felt like the movie was like an environmentalist movie because it was sort of like, you fucked with this whale, humans shouldn't do it. If you do, there's a price to pay yeah. and we're not going to think that's a sad thing when you get when a whale eats you. Yeah, it is a kind of a cautionary tale. In fact, it's, it's right in line with Thanks for the Ride Lady from Creepshow 2, where you just, someone isn't a bad person, but they fuck up once, and then they pay the price for it. And then, ooh, yeah. You know, there's probably a subgenre of that kind of film. Yeah, that's like a, um, what I like about like, uh, noir movies is usually like somebody tries to cut a corner and then it pisses somebody off and then you have to like pay for it for the next hour and a half. So it is funny to imagine Richard Harris is like the guy who like didn't pick up the hitchhiker and pissed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> then it's truly too. haunted. It's not even like, I mean, there's just no bones about it. They're there. Everyone's like this orca wants to kill you <laughs> specifically. Everyone's sure of that. Yeah. And isn't it funny compared to like Jaws? The Revenge, which is widely mocked by audiences, yeah. and the movie is like kind of scared to fully invest in the idea that the shark is doing. I, I mean, they say it; they think that's what's happening, 
But in Orca, there's no like hesitation no, for people and, to seem insane. Yeah. Although I will say they do a good job. I don't even know if it's real science in the oh, beginning. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. But I love the stuff about the brain. They're talking about the monogamy. The sonar that can be heard round the world. <laughs> Is that even, could that even be real? Oh, the fetus shit about how they have oh. ha- hands. I didn't. Maybe that's real. I don't I, know. I haven't bothered to fact check. No, but, but this is what's awesome about a, like a movie when you like buy into it. I was like fully like, I bet a orca could do this. I guess it makes sense because you know sea mammals were land mammals that went came out of the sea originally and then went back into the sea through evolution. Yeah. So, did I? I forget if I mentioned this on the previous episode. I have a cousin who told me his, uh, or I found out his conditions for his vegetarianism he didn't used to eat fish and then oh yeah i think you did the yeah mother fish doesn't necessarily recognize when its child is gone and a child doesn't necessarily recognize when its mother's gone the the, in fish world yeah but yeah in whale world in orca land oh mothers and fathers don't forget no they don't forget and i had never in a million years when she's doing that classroom lecture thought the picture of that fetus was set me up to see one fall out not 20 minutes was that the most wild part of this movie i mean there's like bonkers parts like a tail like flipping a guy out of the water and stuff (laughs) but in terms of just like weirdo moments like when that fetus (laughs) or whatever the baby shark fell out of the mama's baby hole but also just then they do this parallel about how his wife and child were killed by a drunk driver and so he's like sympathizes them and he feels bad I know but how perfunctory was that scene though too like when he said that it was like on his back in a tent and he just kind of says to her in a quick scene Oh, wife was pregnant. She got killed by a drunk driver. <laughs> then you're like, you're like, okay. I guess they put that in there so he obviously so yeah. he could feel connection with. I guess then I'd like to see a movie of Richard Harris than like swimming underwater trying to catch that drunk driver, get revenge on him, <laughs> and eat him. <laughs> Or no, Richard Ayers gets drunk and he's driving around in a car trying Looking to find for the that drunk guy. driver. Oh, that would be amazing. Orca too. If there was some like loophole in the law that like if uh, a drunk driver takes somebody from you, you can get drunk and take that person. <laughs> but if you kill someone else, you go to jail. Uh, yep. That's the that's the <laughs> one one problem. Purge rules. Yeah, new purge rules. Yeah. Uh but yeah, the um the the whole uh, vengeance of it all is like a real uh, matter of fact. And yeah, I like the, um, yeah, that they have babies like us and also that their brains are, <laughs> I just, that if I do buy it, like you just put up a picture of different brains, you're like, their brain is like ours. I'm like, got it. Well, the way they also do that explanation, <laughs> what I thought was brilliant about like, their language has so many th- million pieces of data, like where the Bible only has 4 million. <laughs> One of their whale calls has 15 million pieces of data so that imagine if you were a human, language would not only not be necessary, but you could immediately scan someone and know what they're thinking and feeling. Oh, right. Like that blew my mind because if that is real, it does make you think, yeah, whales are on a different plane. But then the fact that they're so perceptive, but still just like singular minded in vengeance, both 
labeled by the science people in this movie and the spiritual like native continental Americans and indigenous tribe people who are kind of like, no, this, this orca wants to kill you. <laughs> and then the science lady's like, no, this orca wants to kill you. Yeah. They really are like leaving no stone unturned. They want the audience to know that this orca wants to kill Richard Harris. Yeah. And, uh, and then they're like, one point, one of them is like, uh, I think again, like Charlotte Rampling's like uh, uh, arguing with it, or she says to him later, she's like, uh, "I feel like we put what man's feelings and we project them into the whale, like our our, our sense of vengeance." I was like, uh, "Well, what is it?" <laughs> yeah, I know she goes back and forth so much. <laughs> is is it do do whales have? It? And you're right. If whales, I like what you were saying, and I do like when they were like. It has more codes than the Bible. <laughs> Such a like a funny. Get at it, Dan Brown. <laughs> Where's your orca brain book? But it's it's a little bit of the same argument we make about aliens when they like travel across the universe to blow us up. Like with if a whale can like hear a tone and know how somebody's like feeling throughout ancient time. Uh, you think they'd have to be a little, they could work out some of these feelings of vengeance a little <laughs> That's bit more. That's what I mean. I do think they'd yeah. be a little more tempered. Yeah. But then again, he killed this orca's wife and child. But he'd have to still go like, maybe it was a misunderstanding. Everybody has their reasons. Perhaps Richard Harris wasn't really attacking me. Yeah. Maybe this is my ego. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just think a whale could have a, a higher mind for that type of thing too. They also, I did look this much up. They miscalc or misrepresent whales in a certain sense in that they're more like dolphins where they're less monogamous and more just protective of their child, but then are very promiscuous. The males are very promiscuous and at times, you know, assaulty like dolphins with humans and then other members of its The species. male dolphins are... And the male orcas where the, the female are very like maternal i guess and very their caretakers where the males are more aggressive and you know it's a lot, a lot of species i guess yeah um i think um a lot of the dads of the animal kingdom they gotta read some books yeah they gotta they gotta catch up with the 21st century guys they gotta listen to some ted talks that's right <laughs> uh uh <laughs> Read a couple of uh, books by Phil Donahue or <laughs> well, Alan Alda. Why this felt so 70s in that there's just the like masculine and feminine of both the humans and the orca. It feels very like we understand gender roles and we're all coming to terms with how we're equal, but there's all still this male nature of, <laughs> of protective violence and then the female nature of understanding. And yes, it just seems so confused in Richard Harris and Charlotte Rampling's characters because they both ping pong back and yeah. forth and I don't I can't quite follow it that's why yeah um movie shouldn't ever attempt to be like a snapshot of what's happening culturally in that yeah, moment that's probably true it's just kind of like let it exist as you've Feel it to be, and that will be the snapshot in itself. Like, there's sometimes, yeah, you watch something. I mean, we, I think we talked about it before. The like, um, 
social dramas mm -hmm. of the 50s through the 80s to now. Like, people don't remember those. Cr Crash, remember that movie? Maybe <laughs> yeah, my yeah it's just like, favorite movie of all time. Nobody gives a, a shit really about Kramer versus Kramer later. It's yeah. just like, oh, it was a time where people were divorces uh, on the cover of Time magazine as yeah. like a topic. Yeah. But then, like, I mean, Apocalypse Now is also about Vietnam, but like, so it's not the best comparison, but it came out the same year as Kramer versus Kramer. But it was at least the war was over. Yes, right, right, right. But yeah, and you know what I mean is like it's many years later now, and like Apocalypse Now. We just talked about it at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. We did reference Kramer versus Kramer. My point is just like anytime, like you try to wrestle with today's issues, it's just, it's. I know. It comes out confused more than like that it has clarity or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, because with. Orca, well, <laughs> it's directed by uh, Michael Anderson. Uh, have you seen Logan's Run? Yeah, I watched it like a year ago. Uh, so I, I saw it like 15 years ago, but I noticed two kind of um, Michael Anderson touches, okay. Logan's Run touches. Um, one, there's a part where Richard Harris looks so cool. He's dressed all in black. Oh, yeah. And he looks like uh, the guy from Logan's... Michael York? Yeah. <laughs> Can Michael you... York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you have Michael York say, looks like I'm going on another Logan's run? <laughs> looks like I'm going on another Logan's run. <laughs> is Wait a minute. My name is Logan. Why am I walking? I should be running. I'm Michael Yark. <laughs> so I thought he had a very Michael York looking look. Yeah. Uh, at one point in the movie. And also the <laughs> weird left turn into icebergs. Ah, <laughs> remember so the end of Logan's run coming. when they like end yeah, up with that iceberg? That guy's like. Uh, snacks for the sea. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? Seaweed for the sea. With also with our girl Jenny Agater from uh, Where Can Werewolf in London. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, 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 oh, also, yeah, very like all of these seventies movies. Oh. I mean, to this day, it's the truth. But just the most. Beautiful women pulled. I mean, Dino De Laurentiis produced this yeah. the year before he did King Kong, where um, uh, Jessica uh, Lang, Jessica Lang, just like these like beauties, astonishing, like of their decade, yeah. like beauties, <laughs> but they're like <laughs> with big dumb-eyed beasts. <laughs> I mean, Charlotte Rampling is, and great actors too, like yeah. Charlotte Rampling and uh, yeah, yeah, she's otherworldly beautiful to the point where she's almost so beautiful she's alien and I'm almost like can't even see the beauty it's more like what is that it just oh it seems like a different species yeah I, I think about that with um sometimes you know I'll imagine like Brad Pitt right yeah Han very handsome man and then I'm just you know no offense it's just like how we all look but just like I'll see at the airport just like a completely fucking ugly dude. <laughs> and I'll be like, 
that's the same species <laughs> as Brad Pitt? That's like so crazy to I me know. that they're even they share the same any type of like genetic code whatsoever. <laughs> I know. And then like you said, like the, Look, I'm closer to that guy, way closer oh, to the guy at the airport man. than Brad Pitt. So don't give me Brad I'm not he's you know, being alien mean. I'm class. just saying it's an observation about yeah, Charlotte Rampley doesn't she looks like she's from Planet Gorge. Uh, Gorgeous. She is. She has to be. And then this this guy Paul, I forget his the actor's name, but he's kind of like the sidekick with the beard. He's not bad looking by any means. In fact, like on paper, he's very good looking, mm-hmm. like beautiful, like piercing eyes. But there is something just again alien about oh, him. I, there are six sets of piercing eyes in this movie. Yeah, maybe eight. Yeah, because Bo Derek, yeah. a, a, a young Bo Derek, her first film. She had shot a film before, but it didn't come out until after this. This is her film. Oh, big screen. So debut. one. Yes. <laughs> She's like, this is one for me. And they're like, what do you mean? You'll see. <laughs> Hold on. So are you blind? <laughs> she's like Tarantino. She does 10 films. And 10 and was the last out. one. Yeah. <laughs> That's why after 10, she didn't make any other movies. Yeah. She did between Orca and 10. She did eight <laughs> movies. Uh, but yeah, her eyes, her boyfriend's eyes. Rachel Charlotte Rampling's eyes, yeah. and even Richard Harris. Yeah, a boat can't hold eight sets of sky blue eyes. I'm I, sorry, you're forgetting the orca's eyes, friend. <laughs> oh my god, this movie's eyes cool with the eyes. I know it's like God. Young Daniel Craig should have been in this movie. This is something I've been like more weirdly, like noticing in movies over the last like five years is like eye color and like. Because sometimes I think like the casting, well, you can't control like maybe somebody's talent and why you cast somebody. Yeah. But also you think maybe like just unconsciously the filmmakers like a certain eye color. Right. So you just watch a movie with like four sets of blue eyes. It's yeah. like, I don't know. I, I always wonder about that too. When in a biopic, when someone with a different eye color plays a real life it. person and they change it. I hate it when they change yeah. it. It's so weird because you can go convincingly from blue to brown but you can't go the other way it starts to look really strange oh boy colored contacts yeah yeah okay blue to brown did sean penn do blue to brown with milk i feel like that's the last time i remember seeing something going like oh the biopic eye color maybe but um who's done brown to blue that seems well all i can think of is like die another day a Korean guy starts getting genetically you know he has his DNA changed at a, at a molecular level to become westernized I guess so he has these really ridiculous contact lenses and also the guy that plays the albino in foul play has them too and they're crazy I've never seen die another day but hearing that plot point sounds like it's perfectly in alignment with everything else I've heard about yeah die it day. is it is Absolutely. Yeah, like fantastical and like wrong-headed. Yeah, space <laughs> laser controlled by a Nintendo glove, ice palace, uh, visible car, visible I, car, tails uh, of kite surfing, a tidal wave. Um. Oh, Brosnan, <laughs> Brosno oh. baby, come on, man! I'm sorry. <laughs> God, that's got a sting. I wonder if he's just like, can Daniel Craig die? Can he yeah. just die in a plane crash so I, I don't have to see any more of this? <laughs> Tarantino wanted to do Casino Royale with Brosnan, and he's like, that could have been a path my life could have taken. 
Yeah, but you know what? Um, nope, this is now fire. It came before uh, Bond, so I was going to say. Yeah. You would have never had. <laughs> it's true. We'd have never had Thomas Crown affair. If. Well, that's, I don't know what don't know. weird hypothetical game I'm playing here. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I read all of the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood book. How was it? Uh, it's great. And my favorite, lots of great stuff about it, details, but. My favorite stuff in it is you get into the headspace of uh, actors on set and like um, Rick Dalton's uh, like jealousy about the guy who gets to play Lancer, Timothy Oliphant, Oliphant uh, his character. But then you get into Timothy Oliphant's character's head, the guy who plays Lancer, and he's so jealous that the director and Rick Dalton are like hitting it off and talking. Uh, <laughs> and it's just like, uh, uh, it feels funny and true. Yeah. Uh, but it's also just like, uh, for me, when I was reading, I was like, oh, this is just like what a book is great. You get to do, you get to like have two different people's mindsets. And yeah. Just, and it's just a funny irony that it's like, they're each jealous of each other's these little sweeties. You they, get to hop around in people's brains and scan them like an orca. An orca sees the world as a well-written novel. Yes, with a reliable narrator. <laughs> uh, I, that so the orca won't have the feeling I have like when he he's on his deathbed later and dying, going like, I couldn't fucking picked up like one Charles Dickens book my whole life. <laughs> like know. an orca is just like I read it. I heard the code for all of the Dickens books. and But an orca can never have a twist. <laughs> no, always, he knows. He always sense the twist. It's like a, a clairvoyant person, too. Yeah. Like, they, they're never, <laughs> they see the twist, so he's coming. Maybe that's why the orca's so mad. He's like, stop spoiling everything for me. Or it's, like, annoying for people to finally, like, catch up to, like, yeah. the Darth Vader's. He's like, yeah, I know. I've known for centuries. So this is 77, so everybody's big on Star Wars. They're talking about it around the fishing village, and he's like, big deal. Vader's his father. And then he gets, like, pissy when people get pissy with him. It's like, oh, so I'm just supposed to keep it a secret. <laughs> Rosebud, wait, you love these movies now. Wait till the late 90s. These things are going to tank. Oh, my God. Also, can you help me free my brothers and sisters from Marine World? That isn't going to age well, either. Is this the uh, Jaws 3D? No, this, oh, well, oh. this is the Orca, but yeah. Oh, yes. I, I did think it was Blackfish prescient. Yeah, in a way. Talking about how uh, when Rampling has one of her uh, 50 <laughs> attitudes and opinions where she was like, you can't drug these whales and bring them into an aquarium. Remember that yeah. at the very beginning of the movie yeah. when they want to put them in a tank? Which is interesting because they also uh, like collaborated with Marine World Africa up mm. in the Northern California and Marine World of the Pacific, I think, which is was in Palos Verdes. We've talked about that before. So they shot any close-ups of the whales in those tanks. Like, if you'll notice, like sometimes the water is just light green. Oh, and, I see. And anytime they do those... There is a shot in this movie that blew my mind when somehow the orca is able to blow up a refinery that is well up 
inland up on a hill by jarring some pipes. And then as it's a huge, beautiful miniature explosion in the background, the orca is celebrating by doing arc jumps out of the water. That alone was worth price of admission. Wasn't that so great? The sequence of a whale cracking open pipes, starting a fire, the fire going up to the hill, and then, yeah, oh my God, the... um, and the the effect is like kind of like the whale is sort of semi transparent, like because they're like I don't know what the I, I have is. a feeling I know. So like I think they shot this in the tank at night and then they composited it in, Composite. but they had to like like you said like make it partially transparent to take out some of the luminance. And I think they probably shot it at night or with a backdrop or something. <laughs> But everything's so dark that you can't fully see where the composite edges are, though you kind of yes. can. But just, just the tone is so off. Even like the the grain, and maybe even like the speed timing. Like yes, I think everything's slightly off, and oh, I love it. And the fact that the movie opens with bookending orcas jumping out like the way Jaws 3D ends. I know, I couldn't believe it when it started like how Jaws 3 ended. Also, it started with an iris out. Yeah. I was like, not since the days of silent movies have I seen uh, Iris. Because this is unmistakably on the heels of Jaws and drawing all that, but then the sequels of Jaws seem to be drawing on this in a way. It's Yeah, right. All the sequel filmmakers for Jaws were always like, actually it was always Orca that we kept going back to. Yeah, I mean, Jaws is great and all, but Orca, that's a goldmine. It's like how Nolan takes from Bond so much and then Bond started taking from Nolan. (laughs) When they make the Orca sequel, (laughs) it'll be all like in four. Well, then it's funny that um, um, this movie is called Orca when Quint's boat is named Orca. I can't wait for the movie called Bumpo. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're going to say? I'm sorry. No, I was just, yeah, I was like, what's the movie Bumpo? Why is the boat called Bumpo? They never say why. It just makes me feel like... You okay? I swallowed a fly. A full fly? Or something flew in my mouth. I'm oh, good. Damn. Oh my God, you're like Brando in the in the outtakes of <laughs> Heart of now. Darkness. I swallowed a bug. You okay? Yeah, thank oh you. God. What were you saying? Sorry. Uh, I forget. I, I just know. You know what it was? It was one of these uh, little... Yeah, these little... Uh, Chinese elm seeds are falling down. A little tree's going to grow in my stomach now. I know. It's like... Or out of my butt. (laughs) A branch will start growing out of my butt. I feel like we're in a giant stew and we're just being seasoned with pepper right now. Oh, one of my favorite jokes to do in life, but um, uh, with my daughter, is like if we're in a hot tub... Is pretending that somebody's going to come by and start slicing carrots and tomatoes in there to eat us. <laughs> like in Looney Tunes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, we talked about the uh, uh, the double um, the double flipping whales and the iris in. Uh, we're talking about the beginning of the movie. Should we jump into yeah, discussing should, Is orca? this a good time for a, a little pee break? Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Um, uh, <laughs> uh you know what we would call it. Yeah. Uh, um, I was thinking this doesn't help, but I was thinking about how um, orca, whenever I would look at the words, I would think like it's somebody's like, um, it was the decision making of the Jode family from uh, <laughs> Grapes, of- uh, Grapes of Wrath. So it's like, we could go to Oklahoma. Or Ka, the abbreviation for California. 
And is, and we know that I've named both of my restrooms California, so that we've done it. So Orca. Yeah, we'll be right back. With Corley and Rust. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With Corley and Rust. I forgot. Yes. Amanda, I would say, watches about half of these movies with me. Uh-huh. And so... This is yesterday, and I was like, I, I got to watch this tonight. Or we usually kind of check in, like, will this one interest you, yay or nay? Yeah. We watched the trailer, which is like four or five minutes long. <laughs> and she's like, I don't think I'm in for this. <laughs> Sometimes the trailers on these old movies are misleading, but not, not this one. It was pretty much what you see is what you get. Yeah. that uh, uh, When you watch an old trailer, and it's just like... No music, just scenes next to each other. Yeah. It's really funny. And this one was like two trailers because the first half was kind of like that ABC voiceover guy, Ernie Anderson, going, they call him Orca Orkinus, and only one thing is on his mind, revenge. And there's just like a lot of voiceover. But then it just goes into like three minutes of scenes. And yeah. It was really something. The, uh, the, the, yeah, the Ernie Anderson, the voice of ABC. Yeah. Who I most associate with... Um, America's Funniest Home Videos. That's right, yeah. Uh, I think of him as like, then after the love boat, it's a very special fantasy island. Yeah, yeah. they would like, happy days. <laughs> yeah. Fonzie <laughs> learns to drive a bike. <laughs> He's making up plot points. They don't give him any information. <laughs> then on Laverne and Shirley, Shirley learns how to type... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they don't pay me enough for this shit. Uh, you know, uh, Ernie Anderson, father of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And isn't Carrie Kinney from Reno 911 brilliant actress? Isn't the her best. her father is Optimus Prime? Peter Cullen, I believe. Yeah, or father-in-law, yeah. I forget. Yeah, no, her her dad was yeah the voice of different and uh, some like cartoon uh, serial spokes characters and stuff as well. Oh, yeah. uh, Carrie Kinney is uh, the best. She's great. She was in a, a bunch of episodes of um, Love and oh, yeah. Um, in my mind, when I worked with Carrie Kinney, I thought she is. 
my very favorite person to work with. And if I ever get a chance to continue working with Carrie, I always will. She is so talented. And like my wife, Leslie and I, you know, we were working on love. She, we were like, so stunned. She's like what every uh, writer wants, which is like, you write like a 25% line and she makes it like 200%. Just like by the way she says it. Really, oh my gosh! The I best. agree. I can't sing her praises enough. In fact, I'm just realizing that your wife had a podcast on my wife's podcast network. That's right. And about and, hobbies. And Carrie filled in for yes, yeah. She was a guest host, and then I was a guest when Carrie had the podcast, and we had an episode together. It was one of my favorites of all time. She's just wonderful. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, the best, the best. A really cool thing that happened, uh, if I may share real quick, even though I've already shared. Uh, but uh, there was an episode that Michael Showalter directed of Love uh-huh. that Carrie was in, and they're both members of yeah. the state. And now, look, I wouldn't have even shared with them. They knew I was a big fan of the state. I wouldn't have shared with them that, hey, I have a tape of the. CBS special that you did on October 27th, 1995, and I taped it Friday night, so I had it, and it's hard to get, but I did bring it up because my niece was visiting set the day, that day, who was born on October 27th, oh 1995, and I brought her over, and I was like, she was born the day I taped the state special, of the, oh as I wanted you guys God. to be, yeah, 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 it was a, it was a great uh, night, yeah, if only it had been on October 27th. Whatever but. it would have been too much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of aligned. Um, yeah. So, logo, loco. Yes. No logo for me. Did you have a logo? I had a Paramount. Oh, I was watching this on Plex. I had no lo- logo, but did yours have a time code in just the beginning scenes, the dark beginning scenes with two green dots getting closer and closer? Yeah, but I think that's a part of the movie. It was okay, like, it was like a meter reading. The the whale sounds or something. I was wondering because because my didn't have a logo. I thought maybe this was some kind of weird. Oh, I could see. Copy. Yeah, if you don't have a logo, like signing off on it, the next stuff kind of looks like a bootleg. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I had like a Studio Canal logo, and I was like, that's probably slapped on. Yeah. But then, yeah, they had the speaking of happy days, the Paramount logo, where it's like the mat the mountain, and then it like transitions just to the blue oh yes like shape of it yeah um like at the end of happy days it's like like transition fonzie learns to grow apples (laughs) probably (laughs) uh uh the um uh but as i was describing it it's funny that it's kind of like reverse that it's like triumphant cool mountain illustrated and then it like transitions to something like more basic yeah go the other way guys right no kidding it's <laughs> rule number 101 what <laughs> of logo loco <laughs> and then yeah the credits with the tech data and then the whale sounds yeah um uh do you ever listen to whale sounds like for sleeping yeah or whatever mm. or ever no I'm more a rivers and babbling stream or right now Amanda's rocking this humidifier in our room. So it's more white noise for me. 
I have a white noise machine that I listen to at night. I don't think I could listen to... I mean, I'm sure I could fall asleep to whale sounds, but I worry they'd get into my dreams or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, they'd certainly be reading your dreams, and there'd be whales all across the globe listening to your whale sounds. Oh, they'd be gossiping about my dreams. This humidifier that a man has been running, every 30 minutes or so, it's like slurps up some water, and it makes this noise that is identical to the noise that our cat makes when she's about to throw up. So every time I <laughs> lurch out of bed, I'm like, because my cat always prefers to throw up on a rug. Mm-hmm. So whenever we hear that noise, we have about 10 seconds to get her off that rug to throw up on a hard surface <laughs> that we can easily clean. And so... It only does two of those noises, and if I hear a third, I have to get up, but if it's just two, I stay down. What if it eventually uh, transitions to, in your sound, the humidifier is the dominant sound, so when your cat starts doing it, you'll be like, just the humidifier Don't doing its thing. It. Oh, what? That's why if I hear a third, it's serious. <laughs> I gotta get that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> uh when you hear a third gag, you know it's serious. <laughs> I was thinking, when you hear a third throw up. <laughs> a little uh, uh, Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Either works. You guys can use either of those. <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and then um, some of the credits that come up on screen. Uh, Dino De Laurentiis. Yeah, boy. His name's everywhere, man. Well, you just, how would you describe a Dino, a Didi De Laurenti film? What are you, what are you getting? I'm just trying to encapsulate it. How, what would you say you're in for if you got a De Laurentiis film? I feel like he's a more extravagant, higher budgeted, like Roger Corman. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, perfect. Really prolific, makes a lot of stuff, and throws lots heaps of money at it. I know that by the end of his career, a lot of his movies weren't getting released because he had fallen into bankruptcy, and so he was paying off people, and he didn't have the money then to either complete stuff. Like, there's a William Friedkin movie that like is completely lost. Oh, that's right. Um, because of Dino De Laurentiis and. Um, but yeah, like he owned like his own like studio lot, ran one in like North Carolina and stuff. Like he, oh, he was definitely like a person like churning out lots of movies. But yeah. uh, maybe the best thing he was a part of is like, or the thing if I was him, I'd be proud of. Like he produced like a Blue Velvet. Okay, and that was like with the exchange with David Lynch. It's like you make a me dune. And I'll let you uh, make a oh, blue uh, velvet. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it seems like he's probably just lucky enough to have gotten David Lynch for that, where otherwise, you know, like, I wouldn't say his movies are schlocky necessarily. They're just heightened always one step above reality, and they always yeah. go a little bit too far into the, what is the word, like, extravagant? It's not like just budget, but even just characters and emotions are always a little bit one step out there or something. Yeah. You could, like, is there any, like, realistic Dino De Laurentiis movie that you wouldn't think of as a De Laurentiis movie? Did he ever do any? No, you're right. They do have a little, like, a... 
I love it. Like just kind of a little bit of like a, a showman's yes, tightening yeah. or something. Put on it. a show. Like it does feel like he's on set every day going, put the money on the screen. Give them what they want. Yes. But it is funny that like the give them what they want means. Uh, stuff like Orca does feel like five different movies kind of put yeah. together like five formulas that work and they know to work and they like putting them together uh even if it so there's not like a lot of um freshness or originality i mean when you were talking about the um part where he sets the hill on fire and stuff it also reminded me of like a part where Just i love that this. alone i mean yes yes an orca sets a factory an inland factory on fire. <laughs> also, like, the scene where she was like, um, I love this part where she's like, pouring a glass of wine. She hears something. Is that Orca? Nah. Pours a little bit more wine. Like, they're using, like, the same kind of, like, style as, like, Stalker yeah. or Killer Suspense or Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Orca. And it's then like, the wine is that a huge whale <laughs> I'm hearing in the water? Then the wine glass shatters, but so obviously with a squib, it smokes. Like, it, it doesn't just shatter, it combusts. <laughs> There's, like, a, some kind of flammable. I see, uh, I saw Steven uh, Spielberg's fingerprints all over that. I don't think a Jurassic Park water ripple in a glass would have existed yeah. if not for Orca's glass shattering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so we're right out of the gate with the score. Yeah, and that, that was the other credit I I wrote down was the Ennio Morricone. I didn't catch that till the end that that was him. I was already loving the score. Just so beautiful. time you've got kind of 70s, 60s folk finger-picked guitar yes. backed by lush strings. Yes. I'm in. I and then the occasional, that. like, um, female... Yeah. <laughs> Chanteuse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, definitely the, the... Yeah, what is that? Like, when a score used to have, like, acoustic guitar in it. Yeah. It's really good. And then... Um, yeah, the end music even felt like a little bondish. I gotta say. Yeah, yeah. I agree. With and the it, sexy woman singing. Yeah, that was just back when that kind of music was all over movies like this. I loved it. Well, and it makes when I was listening to it and watching it, I was like, uh, hiring uh, Morricone for your exploitation or like your like uh, cash grab movie or whatever yeah. Orca is like. It's the same deal you get with like John Williams. You're just yeah. like your movie gets like a full letter grade better. That's I true. I would think those any composer who can do that is like should be paid triple their amount. They're making like a whole movie like way better than it should be. I know. It's really like yeah. Uh them and actors are like the two people who can kind of like save shit. Yeah. <laughs> So when this movie started and you're getting that score, you're getting like vistas of Newfoundland and just uh, tons of footage of orcas nuzzling each other. Yeah. I was like, is this the coziest movie we've ever watched? I know. It doesn't and, stay that way. But. Well, and I got up at 6 a.m. because I, I couldn't watch it last night. So I got one of those great gray mornings. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, my wife and daughter, they... They stayed sleeping, and I went downstairs, and I'm drinking a nice hot, hot a brown. cup of hot brown, and and uh, 
It was very comforting, that music and watching underwater footage of whales. I was like, I might drift off, to, not in a yeah, bad way. I was yeah. just like, this is very I soothing. I blamed you. Yeah. I feel like I'm in the lobby of a spa. Yeah. Yeah. And then they give you a shark scene up top. Okay. Is, I love this. So did I. Because this is so obviously like, we got to take down the competition. Yeah. Like Jaws is walking around like he thinks he's all that. And so it, it was almost imagined to me like it would be the equivalent of like if Nightmare on Elm Street had started with like Freddie killing like Michael Myers. I know. <laughs> or killing or Jason. Like, or a kind of. Yes. Yeah. Or a kind of. So it'd be a Jason, but he'd have like an umpire mask <laughs> instead of a hockey mask. <laughs> or Michael Myers would have like a Leonard Nimoy mask. <laughs> And it would also be like to save a character. Yeah. So it would be like, yeah, somebody in a letter new boy mask <laughs> is about to kill somebody with a, with a, uh, uh, what, like, what's a butcher's, um, not a, the knife, but like, you know, when the cleaver. Oh, the cleaver. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So it was the guy with the cleaver. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, 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 Freddie swoops in and takes out the Michael knockoff to save one of the characters. Yes. That's how bizarre yeah. this movie It is. really is. And the fact that the shark gets killed, but they get some of the most amazing shark footage I've ever seen. Oh my goodness. To the point where I worried they killed this shark for real, but also the, when it lurches and you, they talk about how, was it Jaws 4, where they finally made an animatronic where the jaw of the Jaws was floating and you can see it moving. You can see this great white shark's jaw moving within its gums. It's I crazy. thought of that too. I thought, oh, I'm getting to see the thing of the floating gums yeah. in real life here. And the other thing that I've never really registered before was how the shark's eyes are like a dead doll's eyes. And in this one, you see these huge, solid, black so yep. perfect circles that didn't ever come across in Jaws movies to me Same. before. Yeah. I saw that shark's eyes and I was like, that's... The scary doll's eye yeah. that Robert Shaw describes that you don't really get in. Uh, I mean, Jaws is a masterpiece, obviously, yeah. but like, yeah, his eye is kind of like dopey. Yeah. But like, uh, I mean, this was a real life shark, so that's why it yeah. also is, like, was so scary. But um, that's like what was so baffling about that. Like the production value is so great there. And then it would like fumble what seemed like easy stuff. The first fumble for me was when... Um, is it Robert Carradine? I forget. Yeah. Yeah. When he, first of all, he like gets Charlotte Rampling on the bumpo to safety, but I don't know why he doesn't get on there, I guess, right. to stay with this boat, but then the boat stalls. And then the, just the editing of him trying to start up the boat again, but falling off. And then the next shot, he's like 200 yards from yep. the boat. It's, yeah, it's, it's so weird. weird. And yeah, that's like when I disconnected too. And I have to imagine, as you were describing it, I'm like, that's a moment on a Friday night when you buy a ticket to sit in the movie theater when you're like, Oh, I got fucked. Oh man, this is oh they tricked me. Cause it starts so strong out of the gate. And then, yeah, you're like, Oh, they don't care. Maybe it was like the production was good. And then the post-production seemed to really screw. be like rushed or sloppy yeah. or yeah. The, um, uh, the, yeah, and the Robert Carradine of it all. It's so weird to see him in 70s movies where, like, in the mid-80s, he was playing a freshman yeah. college student in Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. And uh, and then, yeah, this, he's, like, <laughs> like foxy hair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um, 
Yeah, so he 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 doesn't get it. He gets he gets like uh, he falls out of the boat though, yeah. and then the the killer whale takes the shark out. Yes, yeah, violently. Yes, and yes. convincingly. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of times in this movie where I didn't know what blood was real or fake. Yeah, and when you're watching a movie this old, you're also like, are maybe they don't care about animals and who knows I didn't look to see if there was a no animals were harmed in the making of this film disclaimer but I somehow doubted it <laughs> I didn't either they were like the end it says yes animals were harmed <laughs> yes as as, yes animals were harmed <laughs> as long as you admit to it uh, it's okay and then um, you get Richard Harris in a cable knit sweater and flat cap yeah and uh, Bo Derek and this movie's cozy as can be Oh my God! Uh, the two of them, yeah. I mean, he's got his little like kind of Quint fashion, <laughs> but I, I love this movie because a lot of people are dressed as Quint, so you get a lot of cozy Quint clothes. Yeah. What's the historical or whatever reason for that type of sweater, other than that it's like thick and it probably feels good when you're on a cold boat? But like that kind of cable knit. Yeah. I don't know. It must just be, I'm sure it's like Irish of origin and mm. like the fishermen in the cold weather there. And it was just a pattern that maybe, Ms. I don't know. This is Voorhees war one. Do you think is Voorhees an Irish name? No, it feels German Dutch or Dutch. something maybe. Yeah. Um, it's weird to think, let's break down the, ethnicity of the killer. So Kruger's likely German. Voorhees is Dutch and Myers. Is that English? What would that be? I think it's English, right? Like, or, um, let me look it up. That is so funny. If, 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 if all three of them were the access powers, (laughs) you mean Italian, German and Japanese. Yeah. Uh, Germany. Whoa. So, Kruger and Myers are German, and Voorhees is Dutch. We're getting a real, like, uh, Ooh. yeah. I mean, not three of the different Axis powers, but just about three of one. Yeah. Almost. Um, Rust is a last, is a German name. So I could easily be a killer, like, you know, like in a movie. They're like, beware, Polly. Rust. Polly. Polly. That's how they'd have to figure out be good. to make it a two syllable. Yeah. Actually, my name wouldn't work because you got to have more than two syllables in those names. Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that doesn't work if his name is like Tom Holse. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Holse. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, oh oh oh. So then, yeah, the introduction of Richard Harris. So he really makes this movie. I mean, I, I there's a lot of scenes of a watching a frustrated captain flip out and be weird. So I'm glad it's Richard Harris. Yeah, and by any rights, he had the right to phone this movie in. Yeah, and, and he, he doesn't. Does, no, he did not. And he turned down a big movie to do this movie. I forget oh, what it was. Uh, yeah, it's a um um. Uh, a Bergman movie. That's right. Yeah. I forgot the title, but you're right. It was a Bergman movie. Yeah. So, but it's funny because there were some moments where I like, 
at the end when he's like he was like dressed in like like when he was going off to sea to kill Orca and he was like dressed in all black and like looked all like serious and he's going past a bunch of miserable looking like villagers watching him. It did feel like a yeah, like a Bergman movie. It did. I was like, oh he got to do it over. Yeah. He's and just I called Orca. The, <laughs> I forget the Bergman film, but it wasn't one I was like no. familiar with. So maybe he's okay. And I ain't no Bergman head. Me either. I've only seen a few things the but um uh it is funny though when you like a filmmaker's work, and I'm perplexed, like why I don't watch more of his stuff. De Laurentiis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know that I've seen much Bergman. Uh. I mean, I feel like I wish the stuff I see. I remember thinking, like, oh, I wish more movies were just like this. It it kind of like bowls you over. That's like. more movies don't assume correctly that the audience has the like sophistication to understand like behavior. Not in this movie. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of like, if you think about it, it's like kind of the big bummer of like maybe most movies is like an audience can probably get more on board with like weird behavioral stuff. And like, what does this movie have? Like, it's like, the behavioral like quirk that I I think I was trying to figure out is like he's scared of he wants to kill the thing but he isn't willing to go out into the ocean to do it or he's like but I mean but it's confused it's not interesting yeah and what what's the thing with his dad too wasn't there a thing about his dad am I Oh, yes. Did he not know his father? <laughs> or his father? Wasn't it that his father uh, once witnessed um, his mom get lifted up and him fall? <laughs> out of- I can't remember what the hell I'm talking about. Um, and then uh, it goes to uh, Rachel's sort of like class. Yeah, that's a pretty great scene. Uh, that double whammy of a movie going from action opening to like the explanation scene is a pretty good yeah uh, uh um i would like what, to. what would you say that's like a a, a shot and a beer yeah that's pretty good <laughs> that's pretty good an irish car bomb yes oh how did you uh uh did you like the irish elements of this movie yeah, I did. Yeah. And I, I wonder if they wrote that in after he was cast, because yeah. that seemed significant. Yeah. Yeah. What's Richard... What's your favorite Harris? Richie Harris. I have... I love him so much, and I just love when he would tell stories on Letterman and stuff. Yeah. He tells an amazing story. He comes out one time wearing the strangest overcoat you've ever seen. It's a trench coat, but it's got, you know, like long collar and the like <gasps> epaulets and straps, but it's really thin and it's pinstriped. We- and Letterman eventually just goes, well, tell, tell me about this raincoat. And he goes, well... There is an actress, you see, and I won't say who she is, but you'd know her if I told you. And I was just in love with her. I loved her so much. And I just I just said, please. And uh, we're working together on a film. And I I just was after her of old movies. She goes, no, I'm with someone. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I just wouldn't let up. And, I, you know, like today, obviously, very problematic. And at the time, of course, too. But yeah. he's just finally, the movie, like, shoot is over. And she, he's just pestering and pestering her. And she goes, like, all right, I'll give you one night. 
And so he climbed up her little bungalow and, and she lets him in and they have mad passionate sex and, and the morning comes and she goes, now that's it. That's, a, that's all it's going to be. He goes, all right, a deal's a deal. And he took the sheets off the bed, went straight to the tailor and had a raincoat made out of the sheet. Oh my, what a romantic. <laughs> and lunatic. Like a, yeah, a, a romantic. Romana lunatic. Lumantic. <laughs> but I mean, I just lo- love him as an actor so much. Who's the actress, do you think? I have no idea. No clue. Because originally when he told the story, I am thinking like some classic figure like Catherine Hepburn. But it, like for all I know, it could have been Charlotte Rampling in this movie. Oh, know? my gosh. If we rewatch Orca and we see some pinstripe sheets, bed sheets, we're like, no, it was. It yeah. was Ramplo. Ramplo. Bumpo. Um, do you have a favorite Richard Harris movie? I'm trying to think of. Oh, uh, no. I uh, I pro- pro- probably Orca. <laughs> I've got, uh, he's a guy like, he's made a lot of movies and yeah. he's in more than I remember. Also, I was reading about him and it sound, sounded like in the late 70s, he cleaned up his act. I think so. I think he had to. He and O'Toole were the two that you'd often hear the stories about. But them did O'Toole ever up. clean up his act? I don't know about that. But they were the two, like they would pal around together and get boozy. Yeah. And, you know, screw up a lot. Yeah, because those... Uh, um Stories like yeah, they're interesting to me about like, uh, like with Oliver Reed, it just seemed like until death, people were okay with him being like an alcoholic nuisance. Yeah, that was back in the day where you, if you were a, what would be considered today a straight up bastard back then, was kind of like isn't he charming? Yeah, and you just wonder like I bet Richard Harris pulled some diabolical shit. But back then it was just like, oh, the bad boys, you know. I I hear the two excuses given are like, it was a generation that like saw some shit in World War II and then had to come back and like, and then the second part was, then you can't like talk about it. Yeah. Not to say Richard Harris or any of those guys went off to war, but it just seems like, or they experienced a microcosm of that, of like kind of weird, inexplicable, horrific stuff. And then you're not really given an ability to like yeah. talk about your feelings. So yeah. you, you get drunk and you crawl into a woman's bedroom and <laughs> tailor her sheets into a raincoat, I guess. There's this one Richard Harris movie, I think I've talked about it on here, called The Wild Geese, and it's also got, it's, talk about tone problems, but I adore it, because I saw it as a kid. I think it's directed by Guy Hamilton, who's a Bond director. Oh. And so, you've got Richard Harris playing it kind of real, then you've got Roger Moore doing his Roger Moore thing, and then Richard Burton just absolutely phoning it in. Whoa. I think it might be one of his last films. And it's got some problematic stuff with race because it's about this like band of mercenaries going into Africa. It's a war movie, but it's a men on a mission movie. But speaking of the kind of music coziness, it has this, like the whole opening is a Saul. No, it's a um, Morris Bender who did the Bond titles and Joan Armitrading folk song. Whoa. It's so skewed in so many ways. And I saw it so young that I never questioned it. But then I watched it a year or two ago and went, what is going on here? And there's like a flamboyant gay 
soldier character who's also like an older portly man who's just huh. mincing around the whole time but they all love him but it's also very problematic in that sense because it's super stereotypical and oh he's like goodness. of course the comic relief and it is a movie to watch as one of those like academic examples of what a movie used used to could be and couldn't today anymore and not obviously not to celebrate but no yeah it's fascinating to watch wow that is yeah uh when you said mercenary, I I had a fascinating watch. I watched um, what's the Steven Seagal environmental movie with Michael Caine? What? Those three things are three things I've never heard go together. It's, it, what? It, it's like a Michael Caine what? is like the president of a. It's not fire down below. I don't know anything about this movie. Steven Seagal. Yeah, it's from nineteen ninety. Four. I remember that because I looked. I could remember the na- the year it came out, but not uh, the title. Oh my! But I was in a, um, a, a a a hotel, and it was on AMC, and it was like the perfect in a hotel room watching, uh, a- 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 AMC, like on deadly ground. Mm. Uh, here's a picture. Oh my god! And Michael Caine's in this. Yeah, Michael Caine's really the main baddie. Like a and then for um, a while. Who's the guy who's in all the Oliver Stone movies and stuff? Uh, he's in Platoon. Um, Ted McGinley. Yeah, yeah, Ted McGinley like plays like a, and, and uh, a mercenary along with um, L. Emmett Ermy. Uh, M. Emmett Walsh. Uh, Arlie Ermy. Arlie Ermy. Okay. <laughs> and so that gives you an idea. They're the two. They're a couple of the mercenaries, and McGinley's like wearing like. Uh, the circle John Lennon glasses. Or? Yeah, yeah. Like what darkened. year is this? 1994. So Seagal's like waning at this point, right? Like, well, I he directed this. This is his like directorial debut, and it is his. I've made uh, a bunch of hit movies. Under Siege was like his peak. So this is like two years. So this is him cashing his chips to make his environmentalist Whoa. passion project movie. And I got to say, it ends with him giving a speech that I was like, well, right on Steven Seagal. Like at the end, he's like, the, <laughs> everyone's in the pocket of the oil industry. <laughs> so the media is not going to talk about uh, it because they get paid to, for the oil companies. So that's why we can't have electric cars. <laughs> so it's like, well, he cares enough about that. He's, that's what he's going to use his uh, clout for. That blows my mind that someone like him has that kind of, it's not human empathy, but some kind of understanding of the consequences we're in. And by every account is the biggest asshole ever made. Every stuntman says that when they're in a fight scene with him, he punches for real. What an asshole. Yeah, he's just known to be a galactic it's a, asshole. It's a thing I've seen before that um, some galactic assholes are also like big animal rights yeah. people. Yeah. And so maybe it's a little easier to love animals and the earth because it's, yeah. uh, as they say in Citizen Kane, uh, love on their terms. Yeah. I have thought that before. I've seen some assholes who are like love animals and I'm like, I guess it's just a little harder to care about people who have feelings come back at you that aren't just yeah. like, thank you for feeding me and not murdering me. Morrissey. <laughs> oh yeah. The more I see, the less I want to be around. <laughs> okay. When this orca pops out of the water, I literally exclaimed out loud, 
Wow, look at the size of that guy's dorsal fin. <laughs> it's so tall. Yeah, it's, it's like, like you're in the locker room. Sale. Yeah, like I know. The whale, like, you're like, oh, geez, wow, like, look me, at the dorsal fin on that guy. Gosh, you're making me feel subconscious about my own dorsal fin. Uh, yeah, oh my God, I saw some of those fins sticking out. And then when there, there's a family of them, there's all these big fins sticking out. Yeah. I don't like the fins that curve, though. Well, those are the captive ones. I hate that. That's why. You like all the ones shot wide angle or in the ocean and they're straight up, and then all the ones up close are the captive ones or they lose that ability. Yeah. Yeah, it's like looking at like a neutered man's penis. Yeah. I know. <laughs> they bring a guy out to SeaWorld with like a crooked penis. He's like, what? Just bent. It bends back up. And yet it's somehow limp. <laughs> Talking about other aesthetic <laughs> pleasures, uh, what'd you think of uh, Rachel's leather driving gloves? Did you see those? Incredible. The whole thing, the whole Land Rover, bundles of blankets in the back, oh. leather di- driving gloves. gloves. <laughs> Jesus. No, I signed me up for all of that. Yeah. So good. And just, it is funny that the movie is very misty, foggy, and we had a misty, foggy day while we're yeah. recording this. We're orca really, brought it on. we got the orca mood. Yeah. Um, better than if, uh, what movie would you not want to be in its weather? The Road. <laughs> yeah, The Road would be pretty bad. Yeah. Ash. Mad Max. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God, that's a good, good question, Paul. Uh, the, the Day After Tomorrow. No, thank you. Break out your winter coats. <laughs> and wolves. Um, then, uh, oh, speaking of real life footage that made me go, huh? Is that real? When uh, n- n- Captain Nolan shoots the whale and into their hook-shaped fin... And it starts flipping out and screaming, and they're pissing it off. And then the whale goes into the motor. Yeah. And and Bo Derek says it's trying, or uh, Rachel goes, yeah. it's trying to kill itself. Why? But like when it went into that motor and blood splurred out, yeah. it looked pretty gosh darn real. It's crazy. And then that scream too sounds like the when aliens get shot in Aliens. But also, I know you haven't seen it, it crawl. There's a part where you, when you kill the like stormtroopers in Kroll, they have this like, uh, uh, like worm lizard that comes out of their head and burrows into the ground. But they all they make this like <laughs> noise when they die. We have to watch Kroll at some. <laughs> yes, I think so. I should. I hear that when one is killed, a bedworm comes out. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> now that's the conqueror, right? Crawl the Conqueror? Yeah. No. It's, it's a different crawl. Just crawl. <laughs> uh, That's call, isn't it? Oh, so I, yes. Okay, now I get yeah, it. Yeah, this is, I forget if this, I think this is an original story. I know they made a comic out of it, but I think that was after the fact. Um, and then, <laughs> what are we going to get our Gru movie? Oh, man. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so, a live action Gru movie? <laughs> really did fade away to obscurity, didn't he? he? Yeah, and he deserves a comeback, at yeah. least. Who would you cast in a live-action crew? <sighs> Dennis Franz. No, who would it be? <laughs> who would be Gru? Jack Black? That's good. Yeah. Oh. I 
I'm doing Hollywood studio thinking. I'm going back to what worked before, but I was thinking like Brendan Fraser. Oh, wow. So they'd make him kind of a hunky grew. Yeah, like in the, in the Dudley Do-Right, George of the Jungle yeah, mold of Brendan right. Fraser. I'm thinking of who's got just needle-thin legs and as portly as can be. Nathan Lane? A Nathan Lane, a young Nathan Lane could be good. God, I bet how many times have... Has it been said in a casting session? I wish we could get Nathan Lane as Gru. <laughs> Gru the Wanderer. We ask and we ask. He doesn't want to play Gru. I've somewhere got those comics in the garage. I need to dig those up and see if they hold up. Yeah. Oh my God. We should uh, do an episode where we just read some Gru's. <laughs> <laughs> Join our Patreon and we'll make it. Happen. Yeah. Um, now there's yeah there's great close-ups of um, angry-eyed whales, yeah. uh, eyes with teardrops. Is this based in science? That whales cry can't be right. Sea sea creatures can't cry. Yeah, unless it's like an oil that helps keep water out of their eyes or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but they that mm. optical effect of reflecting Richard Harris in the eye. That was Perfect. really something. It reminds me of the, they do that in Goldfinger when he has to see through a woman that he's kissing that a thug is coming up behind him to attack him. And they do that same optical effect. And it's like, it's such a thing of its time, but I, I actually kind of like it now. Yeah. Can you, how much can an eye reflect something? Like if you and I were talking and I saw a killer coming up behind me, could I see it in your eye? We'd have to be real close. <laughs> So what to kiss you? Yeah. And I see the killer in your eye, but you don't, maybe because you have your eyes closed. Well, she sees it because she's in on it. She doesn't alert him. Right. So I would let you know. Thank you. Before you saw the reflection in my eye, I would let you know that a killer's coming. Uh, now, then the, the scene happens that um, I, I described as insane sight. The insane sight. <laughs> Of a whale roaring in anguish when a weird baby whale falls out of its mother and, like, flops out of the boat. And then they bring out a hose and they wash it off the boat into the water. Their biggest concern, they're being attacked by an orca. Their biggest concern is to, ooh, get that thing off the deck. Oh, gross. What is it? I know they have a shot of the hero Richard Harris like going like I'm gonna barf looking at this baby whale flopping around. God, it's incredible, and he gets a fire hose and shoots it off the deck. I mean, it does make me um, have compassion for the orca, for sure. What a weird movie to put me in the position now of like I want orca to get hurt. I want her to get revenge. I mean, that's That's fine. What it does, that's but guide me a little bit. Yeah. This is a scene from a movie like I've never seen before. This whole... I guess that's like what makes me grateful for any kind of movie. If I, if there's one scene where I go, like, yeah. oh boy, never seen that before. Yeah. I'll now always associate Orca with a baby <laughs> shark falling out and flopping on a boat and getting washed off. With, by the way, because they've set this up so you can look out for the little fingers in the thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? It's Wait. so weird. When was Roe v. Wade? 73, I think. Okay. This movie is working out. <laughs> Some Roe v. Wade. It but, might be. Yeah. I'm not I'm not even trying to be uh, tasteless here, Gorley. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm saying that definitively. That's what I mean. I'm, I wasn't joking either. Yeah. I think there really is some like feminine versus masculine rights things going on yeah. here. And like in like what's a, a woman's right plus a, what's a man's notion of masculinity? Can you have sensitivity? What is like your better nature versus your yeah. devil nature? Revenge versus sympathy and empathy. I don't. I don't know, but I yeah. do think they are barfing all of these things onto screen and yes. saying, "You figure it out," because we yeah. can't be bothered. Well, and they barf it up in such a way that there's like by the midpoint, there's like no propulsion whatsoever. Yeah. Just like to compare it to Jaws, like. I think there's like the last 20 minutes of the movie, there's a scene in this movie like where Richard Harris and Charlotte Rambling are both laid in beds next to each other with like a green tinted light. Yeah. You gotta be like, well, this is depressing. Huh? <laughs> yes, like, what are we gonna do? This point in Jaws, like it's firing on all cylinders. Like Quint is getting gobbled yeah. up. They're like trying to figure out they're panicking. Like You're right. this, this movie, uh, you know, they say it's a, you know, they go, oh, oh, act three troubles aren't really act three. It's troubles that, began in act one and I felt like with Orca I was like because it looked so cool and sounded so cool and I liked the actors I was on board for the first half of the movie but by this point it's like lack of uh, I don't know whatever by this it's starting to like wane yeah by the middle of the movie I agree um uh now there's a moment where I guess you can't show a whale going off and deciding to become vengeful. But there was just a moment where he just automatically starts bumping the boat. I was like, hey, give me a moment of, like, just to let a whale, like, so figure out want, what he's going to do. You want a scene of Orca kind of swimming away, but yes. then he pauses, then he looks back, and then he kind of shakes his head no, and then he goes a little more, but then he pauses again, he's like, oh, and then he just turns and Yeah, runs. yeah, yeah. I want yeah, him, I like, sort of doing the equivalent of, like, pacing back and forth with, like, his fins behind his back, like, thinking, mm, <laughs> should I go back? I will. <laughs> Putting his fin up to his chin or scratching his head. Yes. He's got a long enough dorsal to do it. For he could do it. Out. See the size of that thing. Um, now, this is where they introduce the second crusty sea captain, that kind of like dark-eyed yeah. guy. Yeah, it took me forever to realize, well, not forever because he doesn't last long, that's Keenan Wynn, who's oh. a like, pretty famous actor, and he's just dispatched right away. He is killed and never spoken of again. Like, they go back, and it's like, oh, not, this-, this guy never existed the mourning process for these people is very quick. People will just die and they kind of glance. You, they don't even have, when people die, like when, later when Robert Carradine dies, there's not even shock. No. <laughs> it's just, no. They automatically are throwing awake. And you get the feeling like this is some old sea hen that's been by Richard Harris's side for years and years. Here's a weird connection too. So he, Keenan Wynn played um, Colonel Bat-Guano in Dr. Strangelove. Oh. And the guy who plays Paul in this movie, Orca, was in Doctor Strange. Hey, I love that. There we go. Uh, oh, so he's... Backwater, he's the guy who's like, you could do that, but you're going to have to call the Coca-Cola company. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're real, like, uh, Yeah. That's funny. Well, then... Okay. Because then there's, like, the footage of... Um... 
that footage of the whale pushing around another bleeding whale. Okay, so this is when this movie went from it goes from super cozy I'm in to batshit crazy I'm still in to this is the saddest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It is so sad. And at the same time, kind of comical because you're like, what am I getting sad about? This is also fake. Right. But but yeah, sunset yeah. shots of like whales swimming around underwater and but mournful they, music yeah, playing. And they, but they hoist this, the mama whale up mm-hmm. and they keep saying like, she's still alive. She's still alive. Then they let her go. And then the, the dad whale pushes her to shore <laughs> And then in the morning, Charlotte Rampling's just reading a book to the beached whale. Th- then the whale we learn is still alive. It is insane. And they show you by her, the whale's like lower jaw kind of quivering. It is both heart wrenching and like, I'm almost absurd. like angry at how absurd it yeah. is. It, yeah. Uh, Cause they could theoretically push this whale back into the water and take the ropes off of it. Yeah. What's the holdup? They're just, uh... Why is she reading in a book? And what book is she reading it? Uh, <laughs> she was just reading, like, um, Al Jaffe's snappy comebacks to stupid <laughs> questions, like paperback. <laughs> How to win people and influence friends or a whatever. A whale. Uh, she's uh, reading, um, uh, oh, what's it, Raglan's Psycho... What's that? The the Sound of Rage? Or what was the book from The Brood? I forget <laughs> yeah. what it is. From The Brood? Yeah. Yeah, the shape of rage, right? Yeah. Um, now I like this sort of um, uh, William Sampson Jr. Yeah, uh, shows up and from uh, Cuckoo's Nest. Yes, and he. It's funny what this movie does. In this they have like two scenes in a right next to each other where it's like the Native American character who who comes up and gives the like ancient understanding of whales and their purpose. And then it goes to him going to church. Yeah. It's like, so Richard Harris just like, what's everybody's like a a second opinion on all these things. And he got it. And everyone's telling him (laughs) you fucked this whale. It's, I, I don't know what's happening. He needs at least one buddy to be like, Man, let's just forget about this whale thing. Yeah. Let's go out, catch a movie. Not Orca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just... Let's not see Orca tonight. Sail your ship to the next harbor. Forget about it. Yeah, forget about this whale. Get out of this village for sure. You're obviously not popular here. Yeah, and this is like... Feels very... Uh, I mean... Uh, like this story could have been told from a five centuries before about like the village who's mad at the man who brought (laughs) this angry whale to them (laughs) and he has to kill it. And they all, everyone's just buying it hook, line and sinker too. Everyone in the village is like, yes, no kidding. Everyone there is like, yeah, you piss off an orca. You're going to curse our village. We've seen it before. Trust us. Get out of here. Yeah, this guy is like the the nincompoop who always shows up like once a year and brings an angry whale. Village <laughs> like they hate this guy. Yeah. This happens like every year. And but why also do Samson and Rampling go with him on his final quest? There's they're both theoretically opposed to the fact that this has happened. And I know I know Samson yeah. kind of says like I'm willing to help you, but it it is weird. Right. It would be like if. Um, Brody 
asked Hooper and Quint to help him out. And they're like, eh, we don't really want to kill this shit. It would this be like Jaws. if the mayor and <laughs> Mrs. Kintner went out with him on the boat. <laughs> now, I would like to see that. Of course. The three of them, Scheider, Mrs. Kintner, and the mayor. I imagine like the mayor and Mrs. Kintner like, a couple times accidentally fire off a flare gun. <laughs> like, I imagine like some comic moments like that. Give me that. They're both trying to chum. No, this way. No. Oh, and they spilled it, all the you chum. You put the chum in the water. You don't eat it. <laughs> I, I guess they're dumb. <laughs> it looked like stew. Fish stew. If anybody should get to kill Jaws, though, it should have been Mrs. Kittner. I know. Like when he was coming with the tank in his mouth. Before he said, smile, you son of a bitch. He should have gone, hold there a moment. Let me get Mrs. Kittner, yeah. bring her out. Helicopter her in. <laughs> yeah. And she does that kind of like crane lowering. She's lowered from a hook on her back down. And yeah, got he, her foot wrapped around like a rope ladder. Hands her the gun and then Jaws has been gone for hours. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Where is he? <coughs> um... This is okay. Then this is when the whale with the chunk missing out of its tail showed up, which I liked. I yeah. like identifiers yeah. like that, like the like scar on scar. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I and only the, saw Top Gun predators. once, but I remember the whole time when I'm watching like the aerial dogfights, I'm like, I don't know who who's who. Oh, yeah. Like well, they, put a big J on. <laughs> they do have their names written on their helmets. Yeah, but when it's just the footage of the planes, oh, right. I don't even yeah. know what they're trying to do in Top Gun. Oh, no, I don't either. That that war in that movie is, it's I, not a war, it's like a border skirmish that they're in <laughs> each other's, it's so, it's both, it's purposefully vague because they're like, they didn't want to set it in a war, but they also wanted it to seem, I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah, I couldn't, when I watched Top Gun, I was like, is this like a... Uh, like a, a a a scrimmage game that like became real. Is well, that no, because like- it's like they're Russian MIGs they're fighting. So I, it's so purposefully vague that it's infuriating. Because Vietnam is just such a like, you kids had a dad who went to Vietnam. We're gonna just keep this real. Like, because I feel like you don't even, you don't go back to the see the headquarters of the bad guys going like, we must defeat Maverick. No, not only that, but they've all got tinted visors, so you don't even see their faces. They're just like faceless people. Really weird. You don't hear them. They're just like almost automatons or something. It's Yeah, that the fact that they're making a sequel to that movie when I don't know anybody whose like, favorite movie is Top Gun. No, but it's just Tom Cruise's favorite movie probably, and he's like, I got. I got to get I've, back up in that jet. I know. I've flown a helicopter. I got to fly a jet. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Go Tom, fight an orca and then Tom, let's talk. We know you can challenge yourself physically. Let's go back to the Tom who challenges himself mentally, yes. man. Yeah. Where's born on the Fourth of July, Tom? He'll do it. I bet in the next ten years, somebody's gonna get Tom Cruise to do a real deal drama. Yeah. A dramatic performance. Far and away too. Yeah. Farther and more away. The only thing I know from far and away, I don't know if it's Nicole Kidman or Tom Cruise. Sue says it, but in a in the trailer they're holding a pitchfork. And in an Irish accent they go, I'll stab you through. <laughs> I've never seen it either, but all I've ever heard is how bad the accents are. <gasps> oh, I'll stab you through. 
gonna stop your throat. <laughs> and then Ron Howard's like, nope, comes out on the set. It's I'll stab you through. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday night on Far and Away. Uh, Richie helps Tom Cruise <laughs> in a land rush. <laughs> right? I think. <laughs> um, Have we gotten to Bo Derek's cast yet? <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. I Is that before or after um, the book, speaking of happy days, there's the book Happy Hour. Did you see it? No, is one that, of the books is called, one of the boats is called Happy Hour. Oh, that's yes, the one the whale right. crashes into repeatedly right. and yeah. it sinks by the dock. Which I like that seeing a boat sink. I love the miniatures in this movie too. Yeah, like the little house over the water and yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I said I love the miniatures in this movie last time I watched. Um, Pornography about short penis to men. What? When you I watched <laughs> I watched a pornography about featuring men with small penises, and I said I like the miniatures in this movie. <laughs> um. Okay, so then. Oh. Okay, there's a moment. No, let's talk about her cast. Oh, God, whatever you want. Is well, this before that? I think it's maybe around that time. But there was a moment just, it, there was a shot of a red eye, red light flashing on a whale eye. And they showed like a flashback of the baby falling out. But then it cut to two cars slamming into each other. That's his wife being killed in the dark <gasps> <laughs> but they don't. They haven't told you that. Yet. You haven't told me. Yeah, no, I didn't know I that. I was wondering too what that was. That is so crazy. I thought it was just like, are we getting expressionistic of, of like just chaos and crashes? And is this like symbolic of the orca hitting another ship? Or uh, yeah, that was the thing I rewound a couple times. I mean, I was trying to make sense of what, what this thing was. That little montage. <laughs> if imagine like. If someone showed us that two years ago, we'd never seen this movie, you'd go like, what, what, what is this from? Faces of Death? Orca? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the cast, Bo Derek's cast. Yeah, so she, she gets hurt on the boat, mm -hmm. which I, I almost seemed like an afterthought. She tries to get up and then, so she's in this full cast and then Orca attacks this little over the water Still house. I mean, it's a pretty cool little set piece, and she's sliding down. Yeah, because I liked it because it both had miniatures and models, and it also had hydraulic yeah gimbal set. yeah gimbal. dropping yeah, set yeah. 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 And the whole time I'm like, well, she might get eaten, but I never in a million years expected her cast leg to get bit off. It's so strangely gilding the lily to bite off a cast like. Yeah, it's like the Luke Wilson character's joke in uh, Anchorman about how his hand keeps getting, like, fucked up. Yeah. Like, for her, it's like, come on. Yeah. I got a cast yeah, on this leg. Like Go easy. Simpson in the Naked Gun. <laughs> yes. Poor Bo Derek can't catch a break. But then she doesn't die. You never see her again, but you just, because he just no. says three, three people dead and one person maimed. So that's her. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then that's muddled like a crazy shot of like a stumpy, bloody, fake leg. You bring brought down underwater. Yeah. Yeah. But um, not since Lethal Weapon 2 have we seen something brought down by pulling the... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Stilt house down. Stilt house. That's right. Yeah. These, these two are right in there together. Um, that's when I was like, this movie's absurd. Oh, as absurd as when the Native American come, guy comes and he says, um, we need a proper burial, and then Nolan laughs, and then he says... The world has changed. Even our gods dance to a different song. Yeah. Weird. There was very little mo- like information on IMDb about this movie. I wanted more production notes or casting what Me ifs too. and stuff. There just isn't much. Um, yeah. Like, give us some behind-the-scenes stuff about um, <laughs> why he thought a scarecrow would scare off the whale. You put up that little dummy guy. <laughs> Did they talk much about that? Because I somehow missed that. I might have been writing a note, and then later I see them standing by that and like easily figured out that's what that was. But <laughs> but it's weird because do they talk? They're about trying it? to bring the whale. Is he trying to is a bait or is it yeah. like a scarecrow? Yeah, I thought they want to get him out of the village. But do they talk about that or is that just standing there? He he. She does. She references it as a scarecrow. Okay. Oh. <laughs> But he's not, he's not scared <laughs> of the guy. He wants to kill the guy. It's bait. Yeah. This movie's so <laughs> folding in on itself. Every it's turn. indicative that, yeah, we don't know if it's a scarecrow or bait. <laughs> um, scare whale. And th- uh, this is when it happens with <laughs> the scare whale. Uh, when they break open the pipes and they start the fire on the dock. Um, oh, and then the next scene... Um, is when Harris comes in dressed in all black, eating an apple. <laughs> then she gets attacked. Yep. Um, the whale shatters the wine glass. <laughs> um, but none of the windows, right? Yes. They do sh- It does shatter the windows? Oh, the, s- the scream? Yeah, the windows of the house. That breaks too from the whale? I didn't notice no, that. No, do, do, I don't think so either. Oh, I just meant the wine glass. Yeah, but why don't the windows shatter? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they shatter when he brings it down. Actually, they don't. They fall out in full plexiglass panes, like plastic. There's like shattering glass noise, but you can see behind him. They just fall out in like sheets of square plastic. Perfect. <laughs> um, this Thursday on Orca. <laughs> well, with the voiceover... With the Ernie Anderson, but also she has a yeah. voiceover moment. And with, everybody's ADR throughout this entire movie, oh too. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, with the uh, just the sound of the ocean and the wind. Yeah. They probably had to go in and do every every other word. Literally every <laughs> other word. <laughs> just skip a word. But does she have a narration in the beginning, or does that just come in later? She has one at the beginning. It's not her teacher speech. Right. The teacher speech becomes like a, it like turns into voiceover at the end. It's like a weird thing that happens at the end. She's like, and then I met a man who did this and then they start. And then, yeah, it sort of makes like three, three appearances. Okay. Enough to justify it, I guess. Um, And then 
Robert Carradine comes back to sort of replace Bo Derek, and then um, there was a point where the whale. I noticed, like, brought his tail out in kind of like a come hither motion. Yeah, 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 I think that's exactly what it is. It's crazy. Because I don't want to, I, I don't want to spoil the end. But there's also a moment after Richard Harris is dead, and the orca pops its head up and looks at Charlotte Rampling, and Charlotte Rampling looks at him, and it seems like the whale's kind of going like, "Well, we're both single again. What do you think?" Like. My lady's gone. Your boy's gone, and maybe his whole his whole motive this whole time is just to get with Charlotte Rampling. <laughs> I mean, I'd buy that. <laughs> if, if the post credit scene is Orca Charlotte Rampling on like a candlelit dinner, <laughs> um, then yeah, then Robert Carradine just gets fully taken off the boat. <laughs> and they just kind of shrug. Yep, no big deal. <laughs> um, this is then they get into the icy, s- iceberg, snowy section. Yeah. Um, and I think at this point we're supposed to believe that like everybody's going insane, right? Yeah. Like, Are they, they doing some kind bad? of heart of darkness thing? It is hard to tell because yeah, because then that guy with the seems- beard is like. If they're trying to drive us crazy, he's doing a pretty good job. Yes. <laughs> and then Will Sampson like tries to commandeer. Why did you come in the first place if you're just going back? Oh. This felt like two screenwriters who had diametrically opposed views on what should happen in this movie and they just kept trading it back and forth, but then not changing any of the stuff that has been written. And just it it reminds me yeah. of what Last Jedi does to Force Awakens and then what Rise of Skywalker does to Last Jedi, where they just keep, like, you can't have your cake or eat it. Yes. And the fact that, like, when we've been watching these shark movies, the thing that they seem to have a hard time pulling off is, like, God, it's really hard to shoot a boat on the water and get things in place so you can just feel, like, some sloppiness in things. But this is, like, beautiful sunset, sunset shots of the boat and then, yeah, and then just, like, I, I don't know what the characters are trying to do in this moment Neither is the thing I. that gets mixed up. It's really I. weird. Yeah. Or, like, how they feel about something. How is Paul killed? Paul is the, who, the, the bearded guy? Yeah, with the eyes. Um, The one who just wishes the way would just come yeah. already and crash into them. Yeah. He dies, um... Is he just falling oh, in the water? Oh, he's trying to put he, the He's in the dinghy. Out. Yeah. Yeah, the dinghy's getting brought down. Yeah. And to their shock, the whale pops out and goes, it's like, well, that had to be at least on your yeah. list of possibilities yeah. with this guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's dead. And then... Then it becomes like this weird, like, Everything's icy. No one's like in a black robe. And he's saying to her, like, about the whale. He loved his family more than I loved mine. <laughs> like, he's kind of like, he deserves to have his, he can kill me. 
Like, if he does that, that's fair because he loved his family more than I loved mine. I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Why then is Charlotte Rampling dressed as Mary of Magdalene? I know that she puts on this kind of like lion in winter. Yeah. And then they think it's a good idea to get out of the boat, start walking around an ice sheet. And I love all the underwater footage under the ice. Yeah. That stuff was dope. But the fact that he kills Richard Harris not by eating him, but by like catapulting him from his tail. This whale has been totally fine with just eating people in its mouth. But the way he finally kills Richard Harris is he lets him float around him for a moment, for a while. <laughs> a dance. And then, and it's not like psychological torture or something like, I'm going to dangle you and let you live. No. Like Richard Harris doesn't even know what's going on. And that whale just flips him out through the air. Which apparently those whales do to seals, but it seems like what if you don't kill him, then you've got him back on land and you're not going to get another shot at this, buddy. Well, with your idea of, like, this is actually the whale as the protagonist yeah. idea, and this is the story, this is almost like if they were trying to do a nice Hollywood ending where it's like, don't worry, the protagonist didn't actually really uh, black-hearted kill this guy. Oh, yeah. He just used his tail and yeah. the impact of him flying through the air and hitting the iceberg right. hard is what right. killed him. Yeah. So Orca's cool, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the... I was surprised that Richard Harris died in this. I, I mean, too. I guess I could have seen it coming that way because they want you to care about Orca so much. But that's what then it starts to tell me that this movie thinks it's some kind of actual drama of like like the tragedy yeah. of yeah nature. And then it's like wow, how do you how do you pull that off? <laughs> you didn't. And then we haven't even talked about Will Sampson getting killed in an avalanche. Oh God, yeah. Again, muddled. You yeah. just see snowfall. <laughs> you see like a guy's hand under it. Bloody hand. <laughs> it's baffling. I enjoyed watching it, but it was baffling. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it. I, I have no regrets watching Orca whatsoever. I had no idea what was coming next. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. And we got that shark baby float out. So The what? The shark baby float out oh, of the yeah. mama shark. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I have any other... Um, Oh, Rachel sees the whale's eye with a tear. Yeah. Oh, and unlike any other shark movie, helicopter air travel is effective. At the end, it just kind of oh, yeah. shows up and presumably saves her. Yeah. But any other time, you don't have it. Once the helicopter shows up, that means things are bad. Yeah, cause, and the helicopter's going to get drawn in. I read somewhere on IMDb that you know, you can't trust this because I don't know that this was the case they were trying to convey, but it was saying like, ironically, they both die because the whale swims under the ice sheet at the end as if to like commit suicide or something. <laughs> like the whale is called it quits? I didn't take that from the ending. No, I I think he could live to have an orca too. Yeah, I think he'll remarry and... Uh, remarry Rachel or he'll marry Rachel. Yeah, yeah see there's... Orca 2 will start with the, her telling the helicopter, no, I'm going to stay. He, yeah, the right, hard lady. cut to like, the church doors like fly open and they're throwing, what is it? Rice. Rice. They're throwing rice they're while throwing the whale and her run out. Plankton. <laughs> but and then they get into a car with a bunch of, that, that, I didn't do that. Did you do that with your wedding? No. Get in the car and drive away and it has a bunch uh, no. of shit. 
painted on it. Uh, no, he sure didn't. My parents had a, a wedding album, and I loved looking through their wedding photos and seeing the pictures of you know goofy haircuts and yeah. blue tuxedos and stuff. But on their car, it was a VW Bug, oh. um, and it said "Just Married" written on it and stuff. But somebody wrote on the side, and it was a little too saucy for my eyes, my young eyes. Hot springs tonight. Is that where they're going on a honeymoon? Think about it, Gorley. Oh yeah. The mattress. Oh yeah. Is gonna have some hot springs. Oh, wow. Tonight. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't want to think about that. I didn't know. I also thought it was rude of the people who wrote it. Everybody at that wedding now has to think about this. I know. Yeah. They're sending. They're waving everybody goodbye, and then they see hot springs tonight. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> what uh, do you like for a best kill? Um, hmm. <laughs> one thing, Gorley, at the end, when yeah. they're showing those like majestic shots of the whale swimming under ice and the Morricone music's playing, did you hear that woman start singing, I can bring sun through dark and clouds, <laughs> rainbows through your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> rainbows through your eyes was the lyrics. Jeez. Uh, but what was your favorite kill? I think I'm going to go with the great white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he threw that harpoon. Oh, oh. Yeah. That was good. I thought you meant when Orca died. Oh, no. And he threw that harpoon and it was like throwing a harpoon through paper. Oh, yeah. It's like, went psh- <laughs> like, yeah. It was like paper filled with ketchup or jello. <laughs> uh,. I will say my favorite kill was probably yeah, that Robert Carradine one was just like, that's the maybe the evokes orc the most was just like huh? <laughs> <laughs> he just popped out and got eight <laughs> <sighs> so let's see we gave Jaws both a 13 out of 13 yep I gave Jaws 2 a 9.5 you gave it a 9 Jaws 3D we met in the middle, got a 5.5 from both of us. Joss the Revenge got a 7 from me and a 6 from you. Deep Blue Sea, um, I gave it a 9, you gave it a 10. Open Water, I gave a 7, you gave a 7.5. The Meg, we both gave 4.5. Um... I think I got mine. Yeah, I got mine. I'm a six. I'm going to go five and a half. Yeah. I, I had five in mind, but when I heard six, I, I bumped it up. I, I looked at my Jaws 3. I knew I wanted this to be above Jaws 3 just for how unique it is. Yeah. 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 It got a full point for the baby shark alone. Jeez. That whole scene. Which means... Uh, Next week, we, we diversify from one type of killer to a pack. What's a pack of piranha called? I bet you there's a term. Ooh, a pacana. A pacana. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this dog. Hear this dog? It's getting so scared at the... It didn't like our ratings. <laughs> Big Orca fan over there. It was at least a seven. Come on. The performances were good. Any more Coney for crying out loud. Jesus, Richard Harris. You guys spoke nothing but of your love for the underwater shots. Doesn't that mean anything? You gave Jaws 4 a high score for fuck's sake. Rampling's eyes alone is worth a rating. 
a dog feeling like Charlotte Ramley's eyes were giving good credit. <laughs> we know, we know. We know. You Jeez, let us alone. So yeah, uh, uh, a Pacana next week. Yeah, and then after that, some cruel, some very cruel Jaws. Cruel Jaws. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I'm back. I'm excited to revisit Piranha because I liked Never it seen so. It. And then uh, uh, excited to. To watch a new movie. Me too. And then we've got uh, uh, this month. It's by the time you hear this, it's September. There's a new mailbag yeah. coming up, yeah. plus the Halloween two commentary, which we just did, which was very fun. Yeah, another Dino De Laurentiis production. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's I, right. He bought uh, Halloween the rights just for like for two and two and three, I three? think. And then okay, after that, wow. it, yeah. And then we'll be lapsed. doing those cozy awards soon too yes. on patreon yes that's right check it out now are we um we're gonna do like a red carpet for that yeah where we kind of have like repeat. a we'll kind of be like joan rivers like figures who like say nasty things about people's wardrobes yeah <laughs> <laughs> and will you're gonna be there right will smith will oh you're not why Ooh, that's cool they're making a Another Pursuit of Happiness movie. <laughs> so you're going to be on the sequel. Hey, man. On the set for the sequel cool. for that. That's cool. So you'll zoom in for these recordings? Okay. Okay. Good. All right. We can make that work. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash withgorleyandrust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com, and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Mac Wood, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.